What's goody, everybody? What's goody, everybody? You're not tuned into your podcast with your girl, Need Baby. Thank you for joining. Thank you to all my listeners out there on Apple Podcasts that are streaming, from Spotify that are streaming, from the Anchor app. And shout out to all my small business owners. I am your one and only, your favorite, your uh, comedian, your mental health advocate, and your teacher, and your, as I like to say now, an educator, because I have been uh, watching the documentaries and YouTube videos on Jane Elliott. If you haven't uh, ever heard of Jane Elliott, she said, She's a faded black woman, and I love that uh, for her. So grand rising to everybody. I hope everybody's having an abundant field day and a prosperous field day. Um, I know I mixed them words up, but you know what I'm saying. It is what it is. I hope everybody's having a great day. We are on the rabbit hole part seven. So if you have not been tuning in to our rabbit hole, we have been breaking down and talking and reading the book of the Anunnaki UFOs, extraterrestrials, and the afterlife's greatest information. We are now on part seven. Um, You can stream my podcast, like I said, on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, whatever uh, streaming platform you have it on, and pull it up and catch up with us. So uh, yesterday we, we went over, you know, what we went over yesterday, and it was a mind-boggling thing. You know, we went over the unthinkable horrors. That's the chapter we had just got through uh, going over. Uh, now we are on chapter 56, and this is called the At the Anunnaki's uh, Academy. So if you want to be filled on what we're reading, we're reading about different gods, goddesses, and deities, and different forms of life. Other than that was taught to us in the Christian churches, and the Baptist churches, and in the Pentecostal churches. We often have grew up to feel like you know, something wasn't right about the stories that we were told about the, you know, sins and the testaments and all that, and, you know, commandments and all that. And, uh, which I had was able to dig deep. Um, cause my wife is, uh, she studies Mayat and, um, that religion and Mayat religion is the 42 laws of Mayat and the 42 laws of Mayat was then taken and put in the Bible with only 10 of those affirmations because the 42 laws of Mayat are simply affirmations. I will not, I will not, I will not, I will not, I will not. And there's 42 I will not that you're supposed to say every morning and every night so that way you can speak life into your life light into your life and always you know what I'm saying so we're still going to read because you oh yeah I can hold it up so you can screenshot here you go before we get started everybody that's listening I am on my live stream on TikTok y'all can always join us we're here at 11 a.m. between 11 a.m. and 11:15 a.m. is when we start, and the sets are only 22 minutes long, so that way you do not miss out on anything that we're talking about. Okay, it says in Victoria's own words, the Anunnaki's orientation program. It says I am giving an orientation at the academy in preparation for discussing, discussing, discussing my mission, and I undergo the purification and the creation of all important mental conduit. It took me some time and many discussions with Marduk, but I finally managed to put my trauma of the fight with the ancient Anunnaki behind me. It is never easy to adjust to a new culture. It is even more difficult to do so when your own spouse is a part of the new, incredibly different culture. Think what it is like if you are adjusting not only to that, but to life on another planet. So Victoria is a human woman. I'm going to break this down for you all again. Victoria, please share this live stream, please. Victoria is a human woman who then married an Anunnaki God. She married a God. So this is what this is her story that is being breaking down right now. She said, I have to admit that I succumbed to a form of depression. It was not the danger that so much affected me, but I was wondering if I really understood Murdoch. My commitment to him never wavered. I am too much of an Anunnaki to have doubts, but my husband once 
once I had made my choice, but I felt helpless and alone and terribly inadequate. She said, however, I received much help from Murdoch, who understood my feelings completely and was willing to support me through this hard time. And also for Miriam and Sinhar, who advised me to how to manage my feelings from the female point of view. In addition, the spiritual value of mingling of the lights makes a person more and more un attuned to the feelings and thoughts of his or her spouse. I grew to understand my husband's motives and behavior better every day. And one morning I woke up to feel that life seemed good again. And I was never, and I was ready for whatever was in line for me next. It says, time to go to work. I said to Murdoch over breakfast. I think it would be a good start thinking about my mission. In this case, then I think you might want to start your orientation at the academy. You can't do anything without it, said Murdoch. Just what I would love to do, I said enthusiastically. Shall I go with Sinhar and see about the test for the mission into the orientation? You have already passed the test, said Murdoch, but I only in identified one ancient Anunnaki skull. I said, surprised. You said I had to identify two. She said you had to go through an ex he said you had to go through an extended fight with a threatening evil of life, travel to other dimensions, rejected the, the attempts of monsters and possession, and survived his locking you at this death trap of the box-like room, not to mention seeing your husband destroy a master being <laughs> and all his versions for the first time, said Murdoch in his matter-of-fact way. It counts as identifying a second skull, I should think. Anyway, Sinhar thinks you passed, and that is all that matters. She said that me, that soon as you are ready to start, you will be mo most welcome to the orientation. How thrilling, and when shall I go? Tomorrow will be fine, since there are never any official dates for that, as they have on Earth. I'll just tell Sinhar. Fantastic. Do I need to bring anything with me? Supplies, copybooks, etc.? Or do I get the supplies there on the spot? Marduk laughed. No, there's no need for supplies. The students do not have to write or copy anything. No pens or pencils are required, no notebooks, and no copy books. We don't, we don't even have desks in the classroom, come to think of it. You see, the lessons are entered directly into the brain cells of the students and become a permanent part of their learning acquisitions. How in the world would they do that? It's hard to explain. It will be a lot easier for you to follow the step by steps, get to the background information as you go along. I could tell you that the acquisitions or depot of the knowledge will become an integral part of the intellectual, mental scientific program of the students, but it may not mean much to you until you experience it, I suspect. So basically what her husband is telling her, her husband is already an Anunnaki. He is already an Anunnaki god, and she married into the Anunnakis. She is a hybrid human Anunnaki, so she has some sense of knowledge on what goes on there, but not all. So she is taken from her earthly realm, which is what you would call here on earth with us, and she is taken to the planet where her husband lives. And her husband 
and other Anunnaki guys in order for them to to fulfill their marriage and undergo throughout their marriage she has to go through a lot of tests so she thought it was only two tests that she had to go through and those two tests that she had to go through was finding two skulls which meaning in that interpretation she had to find issues in life skulls are meanings of issues and different things and changes in life and she we already read in the last chapter that she had to go through an experiment with Sinhar and she was looking at what the grays how the grays operate how the grays abduct how the grays do things when they're operating who they abduct what they abduct how they abduct what does it look like what do they tell us hell looks like we have heard hell being depicted in so many versions we have heard hell being hot we say the term hot as hell when hell is literally not even a thing and if it was a thing it would be in a place of an acute loneliness you will have no spiritual divineness attached to you you will have no spiritual eye opening no spiritual awakening you'll be stuck in pure loneliness and darkness ashe indeed it means nothing at all i'll just take everything as it comes and most likely enjoy it enormously so in the meantime would you kindly manifest another cup of coffee for me before you go to the akashic library after i drink it i must go and consult with Miriam. she can help me decide what to wear for my day in school i can't imagine anunnaki have wearing a school uniform a uniform and anunnaki wearing a uniform how funny, said Murdoch, amused and, middly, and mildly shocked by the idea. It might interfere with free will, won't it? I asked a little maliciously. <laughs> Murdoch laughed. He had begun to notice his own extreme attach attachment to the notion of free will, not as yet entirely shared by his wife. So it is funny to think that he has his her husband. He has a sense of humor and thinking like, you know, it's free will up here, baby. You here to do what you want to do. You dress how you want to dress. You 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 come and go as you feel pleased. It's not in governmented establishment, and we have to learn that these different dimensions go off different things some of them have laws a lot of them don't have laws a lot of them don't have rules and regulations you know we talked about the state of virginia the state of virginia have so many different rules laws and regulations that they go by you won't even know you can't even do missionary in your own house you can't even have sex with the curtains or the blinds open you know how would they know what you're doing in your home i have no idea but at the same since they can make up their own laws and that's what a lot of this this realm is is filled with people in states and cities and communities coming up with their own laws when there's no thing as free will we need to have free will and free will comes along with change by the way it says the anunnaki's beautiful classroom so what i'm finna read now is a description and I want you all to close your eyes if you're not reading along with me and get this image in your head. And I want you to tell me what it looks like to you at the end of this segment, okay? It says, the next morning I went to the academy. I have always loved the magnificent edifice. With this sprawling complex of buildings all connected to each other in the traditional Anunnaki architecture. I never failed to be amused by the similarity of all places of higher education. Even on another planet, you could have taken it Taking this complex with, with its lovely old stones and ivy-like climbers, just as it was, and place it next to Harvard, Oxford, or a La, La Sorbonne, and it would fit right in. So just imagine it being like a college-type academy school. A few other students were appro approaching the particular building with, where Sinhar held her classes, and we were all welcomed very cordially by one of her apprentices and sent to our various classrooms. 
I entered a large, beautiful room. Later, I found out it was 220 meters long by seven meters wide. Dimensions that represent very elegant proportions like all Anunnaki architectures. Huge windows allow the dialect, the delicate green light filtered through the climbers. All the wall space between the windows was covered with shelving on which many conical books were arranged. The classroom was divided into three sections. The apprentice that was my host explained the section system to me. It was rather complicated since the sections were not only constructed for the convenience of teaching, but had deep symbolic meaning. He started by asking me a question that, that at the time I found very strange. Are you by any chance a Freemason? He said. No, I asked intrigued. Well, you see, if you were a member of the Freemasons, much of what I have to tell you about the symbolism would have already been known to you. So y'all note this down in your notebooks if you're following along. We know about the Freemasons. If you never heard about the Freemasons, Google it, research it, break it down. Uh, my cousin Jeremy, before he passed, he was affiliated with the Freemasons. All right, let's get into it. Really? How come? The Freemasons, with their extremely ancient Phoenix, Phoenician heritage, I always mess that word up, Phoenician heritage have required much information from the Anunnaki and it is still in use by them. But no matter in no time at all, you would know where you would know more than any of them. I will fully explain the matter to you and I might as well tell you about the Freemason Phoenicians connections and said my God pleasantly. After all, you are from earth and I understand you extreme. You are extremely interested in history and archeology. span He appeared to be highly knowledgeable and extremely happy to share information traits that seem to be served the, that seem to serve the Anunnaki very well. Indeed I am. I said, thank you so much for your instructions. My pleasure said the apprentice and launched into the most informative discourse. Section one is named Markabaha Ra. And it is cold, and its code is three. There are three rows, each seat, each seating one beginner, since this section is reserved for only students or recruits. In Freemasonry, the code of the new recruits is also three. Markabahara and Anunnaki and Ankai means traveler. It is exactly the same name given to the recruit or member in a Freemason lodge. In the ancient Hiram Brotherhood Society, number three was originally number one. Later on, it was changed to three because number one was considered the first attribute to of Baal. Henceforth, no human was worthy of receiving this sacred number. Okay, down here it says two, the name of the Anunnaki language and the Phoenician king is mentioned in the Bible. So it gives you notes about the Phoenician, the Phoenician king that was mentioned in the Bible. We're going to definitely have to uh, look up what Phoenician, Phoenician king that was in um, the Bible. I'm going to keep going with this in this last section. It should get ready to wrap us up. It says section two is named Kadarsha Ra. And it is the code, and their code is 18. There are 18 rows, each seating one apprentice. It is reserved for the middle-level Anunnaki students. Kadarshara and Anka means holy, or more exactly, students of the holy energy or source of life. In Freemasonry, 
it is exactly the same thing as mid-level Freemasons receive the degree 18. With them, Kadarsha Ra became Kadash. Many Semitic and ancient Near East, Middle East languages have a word much like it, including the Hebrew and Aramaic Kadash, the Kopatic Kakus, and the Kaduap, and the Syretic Kakudus, and the Arabic Kaduduap, and the Maku Kadash. Trust me, it takes a lot of mouth, spit, and tongue to pronounce these words. Use it to your best ability. And I am blessed to say that these words are coming easy to me because I've been going through their dictionary and their pronunciation. And it says, section three is named Wada Dora, and its code is 33. I hope y'all remembering these numbers and these codes. There are 33 rows reserved for the masters, each seating one master. Wada Dara means the flower of languages, Western languages, and mostly particular to Latin and French, and all have the same meaning. Wada means rose in Arabic. In Hebrew, it is vered, and a female name was constructed from it, verda. In Europe, the organizations of the Resorkarkians <laughs> took its name from the rose. Anunnaki masters are given the, the degree of 33, just as they do in Freemasonry, where the highest level is 33. Incidentally, the number three is important to all these people. For example, in the ancient calendar, the Anunnaki Phoenicians, the month was divided into three weeks. Each week was composed of 11 days. The month consists of three weeks, totaling 33 days. How fascinating, I said. A few minutes into the academy and I have already learned about the truth than in months at the university on earth. It's not the professor's fault, said the apprentice. Their knowledge is limited because so much has been done to obscure the truth. But so many different authorities and by so many different authorities. Sometimes I marvel how much the earth scholars did manage to learn despite all the obstacles. But we must come in now and you have your purification ritual to do. Purification ritual? Why? I asked. Did y'all hear that last part? Did y'all hear that last part? It said 33 is an example of the ancient calendar of the Anunnaki Phoenicians. The month was divided into three weeks and each week was composed of 11 days. The month consisted of three weeks, totaling, totaling 33 days. So let's do the math. It's 11 days in a week. It's 33 days in a month. What do we get? We get four weeks, 30, 31, 31 days, sometimes 30. Where is the math? Is the math mathing to you all? Because we are ending, we are closing out. On, on that section of the rabbit hole part seven. So we didn't already interrupted our lives with a complete new whole rabbit hole to go and decipher. If they went off 11 days in a week and had only three weeks and those three weeks totaled and con consisted of 33 days, 
Where did we get why where, where did we get the 12 months? Where did we get the 365 days in the year? Where did we get 31 days in a month? Why don't we why do we only have 7 days in a week? We got any questions or comments y'all want to open up right now on the podcast, on the live stream. Y'all let me know how this rabbit hole went for y'all today so I can shout it out on my podcast. I hope y'all really enjoyed it. We've been going on this. This is part seven. We will be finishing up with part um, eight and nine and ten for the remainder of the episodes on my podcast because it's only 31 episodes. And if you have not ever listened to my podcast, please, please, please go all the way back to season one, season two. And now you'll be approaching season three. And get acquainted with my teaching. And I have to say, I, I'm going to start saying that um, I'm an educator. Because I was uh, doing my research on, again, I'm always researching and pulling up things. Um, so that way I'm able to understand, overstand, and understand things. And y'all know I love Jane Elliott. Elliot, she said she's a black woman. Um, she's just faded black. And, um I'm sorry, Ashe. She broke down the word educator. So before I go, I would like to break down the word educator. So the meaning of educator and the, the root comes from duck du which means to lead. The prefix E is stands for out. The suffix A-T-E means acts of. The suffix O-R means one who does. An educator is one who is engaged in the act of leading people out of ignorance. So I would like to say that I am an educator. Uh, I am an educator and I would like to continue to say that I'm an educator because, you know, with all my research and all my teaching, we're opening up doors. We're opening up different levels of understanding and different levels of frequency, Ashe. And I want y'all to know I love y'all today. I love y'all tomorrow. And I love y'all every day at this walking realm. I'm your girl, Nee Baby. You just got through tuning into your podcast and we is L. Just vibe says that's crazy. You got me thinking for real. How they just change everything. That's what they do. They change it so that way we don't know what's going on. I say, peace and love, love and peace.